Welcome to Skip This Podcast. My name's Luke. And my name's Brownie. We're just a couple of mates who decided to get together and talk about our own mental health. Along the way, we'll chat to some real people and hear their stories and advice on how they deal with mental health. So if this doesn't sound like it's for you, feel free to skip this. Or listen. Oh, I don't really care. We're going. We're recording. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Skip This Podcast. Uh, I have Nathan here. He is my co-host. Or I guess we are both co-hosts of this show. I would say you're the host, and I just um the other guy. Yeah, maybe. Um, I definitely probably do a bit more work than you on it. Yeah. Um, Great. but then again, you bring the lols. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit more serious than you yeah, are. Yeah, you are serious, especially with those goggles. Cheers. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? Has it been better than better than last week? Yes, I'd say so. Yeah, you look. You look like a different man, not just because you shaved your beard off. Oh, yeah. But you do look a bit happier. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a bit more colour yeah, in your face. A bit more colour, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Less angry. Oh, I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> I'm always angry. <laughs> so angry. Are those things still stuck in your car? Nah, the shit's out of the car. Shit's so out got, of the yeah. Car. Just had a few other curveballs thrown my way this week, but negotiated them. You weathered, can, yeah. weathered. Worth talking about or, or they're just... No, no, not, not on air. Yeah, definitely not on air. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, uh, moving right along. Yes. Um, now, some good, some bad, though. Not, no, it's just, yeah. It's like sometimes I got to try and just like what's depression and what's feelings. I think there's kind of a delicate balance between the two. Like, just you know, I don't really know what I'm saying. Actually, okay. What next question? <laughs> <laughs> um, next question is you're meant to ask me how my week has been. Hey, Goldie, how was your week? Uh, all right. Like it's it's been a pretty. Pretty stock standard week. Okay. I did make a boo-boo today, though. Oh. Um, took an entire day off uh, because we had an appointment out at the hospital with uh-huh. Heath. And turns out uh, the appointment wasn't today. Oh. Um, I was in charge of logistics and organisation, and oh. I pretty much fucked that up. Oh. Um, How many days did you miss it by? Uh, it's next week. Oh, Next so Wednesday. Okay, so yeah. a solid seven-day miss. But we got there and we sat in reception and we oh. were about 30 seconds away from checking in and then an, oh. uh, Ash got a text confirming our appointment for next week. Oh. And then I checked my calendar and it's in my calendar for next week. Oh. So I don't know what I did. I've been to the airport on the wrong day, but I've never missed a child um, appoint, child doctor's appointment by a week. So, oh, you don't have a child, day. so I, don't, I am the child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but other than that, the week's just been rolling along. Um, obviously, NRL's back, so yeah, I've footy. been working on the weekends. Mm. Um, pubs up back. a few hours. Pubs are back. Pubs are back. Yeah, you experienced that. I was working at the pubs on the weekend. <laughs> well, the um, pubs were working me over. It's probably more fair assumption. Yeah. So assessment. I think that I feel like the correlation between pubs. And football being back, maybe have something to do with you being a little bit more happy. Yeah, yeah, a bit moist. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that on the podcast. No, we can. We de- okay. It's moist. Um, moving along. Okay. I asked you this before the show because you seem to always forget. But yeah. do you have brownies mailbag this week? I do. do. I know we're not allowed to have our phones near the microphone, but I didn't print it out. Oh, got a text message. How good. <laughs> uh, in your own time. Yeah, sorry. You guys just talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't even introduced our guests yet. I don't no, know, that comes after I had a few. Um, just kind of like a lot of um, kind of standard stuff, but I, I just thought this was cool. Hey, Brownie, 
again, I'm not going to tell who this person is. It's personal. It's not a not a super close friend of mine, but someone I know and known for a while. Hey, Brownie, just wanted to say I've been loving your podcast. It's made me feel so much better knowing I'm not alone, feeling depressed, especially coming from someone so wild like you. Very refreshing, and thanks for sharing. Bring on episode seven. Is this episode seven? Uh, this is episode eight. Oh, shit, that's the wrong one. Oh, was that your one from last week? That you I don't forgot? know. I don't know. Thank, oh, fuck. I fucked this up. I think, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. If anyone understands me, it would be you. Haha. <laughs> I feel better already. There you go. Yeah, I fucked that up. That was it? This is why I don't do homework. Okay. No, yeah, all right. But no, nah, I think it, it goes well. What I think if, we'll keep it going regardless of how that show, went. Oh, yeah. So moving along, we've yeah, done all please. the intros, the preamble's done. Yeah. Uh, this week's guest is one person who's been there through thick and thin for both of us. Yep. Um, I've known him for almost 23 years. And when, oh. I, when I looked at that the other day, I was like, cool. that can't be right. But it is. Um, from the word go, we connected because we were both sort of like an introverted type of person. And Weirdos. we both grew up with older sisters. Um, and as we continued our friendship, we found that we had so much in common with each other. And uh, over the years, I've watched him mature into the most amazing human and best friend I could ever ask for. So I'm so stoked to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitchie Blue Eyes Barnes. Yeah. Is that a good intro? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I'm in tears down here. Okay. That's Mitchie Blue Eyes, the sportscaster. Welcome to the show. Thanks, lads. Who hates sport? You've you've been in the background of pretty much all the shows. I think you may have just – you missed one, but I think you came in for five minutes. I did. I blew in. Just to check that – Check that everything was going right and uh, doing your normal producer tasks. Yeah. Um, number one fan. Number one Eagle fan. Eagle number one with Munro. But, but also Munro. number one supporter. Yes. Like it, not just a fan but a supporter. Like he's getting th- us through most of these episodes and giving us a bit of an insight uh, into the whole thing. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming here. Um, how has ISO life been for you? I mean, we started a podcast. What about you? <laughs> I haven't started any podcasts. We've been actually flat out at work um, and doing all that kind of stuff. So ISO hasn't really existed for me in a lot of respects. Yeah. Still going into the office every day, going to work in 10 hours a day um, and then coming to see you boys doing your podcast. <laughs> well, you um, kind of, you work in like sort of medical industry. Hmm. So if anything, your job's probably ramped up. Yeah, in um, some respects, yeah. And you've probably had to had to look at a lot of the, the things that go out and in and all that sort of stuff. So... You, I can see how you would be so much more busy than, than us two that pretty much just were hey. at home working and... Hey. and what? Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, no, you haven't. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. No. Well, I, I think we can drop the facade that you've been working hard. Yeah. No, um, I'm busy now. Now, Nathan. Yes. I'm going to ask you. Okay. Now, Mitch, I know, was there for you yep. uh, when you were going through some stuff. Yep. And I remembered seeing him helping you out. You guys would have little... Power hours, yeah. And every time I saw you afterwards, you would just be in a such better stride. What yep. was that like to have Mitch help you through some of this stuff? Oh, yeah. So I, th- I thought we were going to talk a bit more about Mitch. But fr- from my point of view, um, I knew Mitch had, had battled his own demons a long, long time ago. And uh, when I got back in August, he was actually the first person I caught up with and just kind of went the full kind of extent and the lengths of my despair. I didn't probably disclose everything at that exact time, but I, I kind of opened up to him first. Just We were at Mona Pub where we were on the weekend, like August August last year, and he just 
he's just always been there. He's always like, even though I'm a couple of years older than you guys, I kind of, both of you for that matter, have always I've kind of always looked up to you both as kind of being strong, responsible, and um, always good for advice. And I think Mitch, I've kind of leaned on nonstop in that in the last nine months. I'd say for sure, alongside my family, Mitch and Munro have been the my kind of two number one guys that I've spent the most time talking about mm. kind of mental health and anguish. And it wasn't until we did this podcast that I started talking to other people really. So yeah. I, I owe a lot to him as well. I I'm feel the same. And the reason I asked you first about this was because we had to make sort of a link between where your head was at and when we started this podcast and last year and stuff like that. And Mitch was there for you. Um, Are you telling me I should look at the run sheet? No. Not okay. at all. You don't sheet. look at run sheets. There's a run sheet, yeah. Um, I haven't but for one. me, uh, when we had Heath and I needed someone to lean on, Mitch was the first person there. And I know you guys all came together to help me out, but um, this was at like 7.30 on the morning on a Sunday and Mitch took maybe 20 minutes to get from his house to Randwick yep, um, just to be there for me. And the way he got me through that and the stuff he told me um, just gave me a different perspective on the whole thing. And yep. Going from there, um, keeping those lines of communication open with all of you guys um, without stepping over the boundary and, and, and annoying me. And there was no way that that could happen because he just made me feel so comfortable in telling everyone what was going on. And he also became sort of my megaphone to get yeah, the message yeah, out he was of your what voice was happening. To, to the friends. Um, I think he's just got that calming aura about yeah. him that he is easy to talk to and he's very non-judgmental and but he's also very very worldly and got a lot of advice especially in the mental health space 100 yeah, um so the reason i say that is he's a massive pillar of strength to so many people in our group and so yep. many people around him now um but it wasn't always that way was it mitch <laughs> no oh, sorry this has gone completely down the completely down a different track i thought this was gonna be one of those funny ones but um <laughs> no absolutely not so you know i think as Brownie made reference to earlier, you know, I had a bit of a rough early adulthood with um, what was characterised then or diagnosed then as generalised anxiety disorder. Yeah. I, uh, so I obviously in year 12, um, this was around the time when this happened, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I remembered seeing you and the way you were um, dealing with all of this in year 12 and this was like in the middle of doing HSC and all that sort of stuff, like probably the most stressful time of a young adult life for normal adults that um, care about that stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what's the hsc but like um i just want to know what you're actually going through going through year 12 like yeah yeah cool okay yeah i think you know it, it's a really important part of everyone's life isn't it? it's kind of yeah. when you get those adult friends and kind of make big decisions to set yourself up and that just wasn't on my list of things to, that i could i was able to do mm. um i was kind of living day to day um, and anxiety to me was just that you wake up with anxiety and it stays with you until you fall asleep and you, you just try and keep yourself busy throughout the day and mm. try and tire yourself out so when you do, it does come to bedtime that you can actually sleep. Um, Which you also struggled with as well, oh, like getting you know, I sleep. still don't suck at sleeping, absolutely. Oh, I and that. I think it's a, it's a trait that I've developed mm. for over however long you said, you know, since year 12, which is a long time ago now. Um, not necessarily. I mean, I'm not anxious anymore. I don't have that generalised anxiety. Absolutely not. But I think I do have that trait of, I've learnt to not enjoy falling asleep. Mm. I remember, um, like after Year Twelve, and and when we would sort of head out with the boys and go out, like um, there was always a time when 
I could see you getting uncomfortable and you'd sort of plan your exit. And 100%, spot on. You'd just, it's with, the, without any equivocations or anything like that, you would just go, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I remember at the time, like a lot of people would kind of get angry with that. I, I saw it from a different perspective. I kind of, I kind of could see that you were going through something. Um, and I would always support you in that. And like, I would, I would always just say, look, I don't care if you're going to go home, just, just tell me that you're going to go and, and it is what it is. And a lot of the times I used to go with you and we'd go and watch the fish tank or, <laughs> as we call it. The widescreen. The widescreen. Classic. <laughs> um, and like seeing that, like going from a, a situation where you're out with your friends and all that sort of stuff, but the most comfortable situation that you would like to be in is at home watching that fish tank or. Well, yeah, it was uh, an escapism. Yeah. The, the way that you naively combat anxiety is to go find somewhere safe, mm. um, whether they be in your mind or physically. Yeah. Um, especially at that age, you're embarrassed by it too. So sitting there freaking out with anxiety, thinking, what's my excuse to get out of this situation? The situation isn't scary. The situation isn't dangerous. But in your mind, you've got this constant chatter of anxiety of what if this happens? What if I want to go home? What if I can't get home? What if I want to blah, blah, blah? Whatever those instances are, you're trying to solve them, mm. solve each one of those things. And there's hundreds of them going through your mind at all times. So the quickest way is to just remove yourself from those situations. Yeah. Um, that's a coping mechanism. It's not something that anyone would ever teach you, but that's just where you innately go with anxiety. Escape yeah. the situation. Whether it be a conversation or where you're physically yeah. at, yeah, or so avoid you know, it, avoid it. Period. Hundred percent. Well. Yep. Yeah. So even now, sometimes you guys will ask me a question, and straight away, like my inner voice will say, "Nah." Yeah. Like I've I've got brilliant coping mechanisms now where it's just ignored, and yeah. they say yes. Um, but yeah, for a long time in those periods where we were kind of developing friendships, my first answer was no. Yeah. And then I'd go away and think about it. Well, maybe I should go. Maybe I shouldn't go. You know, what if maybe if I tell somebody or if I drive. Um, that means I can go whenever I want to if yeah. I get anxious and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just remember when I – so I kind of met all you guys in 2004, but you were, you two were kind of a couple of the later guys that I met after that Byron Bay trip that – That's best, why I wasn't there, mate. Best, yeah, that, that, well, there you go. That's why I weren't there. And <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd heard all these stories about this Barnsley guy about he was the life of the party and the, the funniest guy. And then I met you and I, I, I didn't not think that. I just thought you were just – a, a, li- a little bit weird that, that was probably what I thought because I remember I remember a couple of times specifically like we were catching the bus from Collaroy up to Newport Arms and then all of a sudden you just get off the bus at Warrywood Cinemas there so <laughs> for the Americans like halfway to the pub we're going to he just like the bus stops and he just gets off and I'm like I don't think he's coming back yeah that's that's the standard 101 panic yeah attack. and and that was kind of like at the time I ha- I'd had never um had any experience with mental health and then i know we were kind of like fast forward whatever it was six months later you kind of told all of us about what you're dealing with and i think that that's kind of always stuck with me and i think that's when i decided you were one of the first people i was going to seek counsel with because you had had gone through some traumatic mental experiences but you also come out the other side of it and i think that kind of gave me hope that there is a way out of that type of stuff because I've seen you kind of develop since then into probably the most caring, charismatic, still super weird, but also still very outgoing and very uh, just a confident man, not just in the kind of friendship circle, that's in the corporate world as well. And, and in a lot of ways, it's a lot harder to kind of con- control and manage the those feelings in the corporate world because I know I've said at length, like I could I could hide a lot of stuff from my friends, my feelings, but 
in the workplace is when I would get combative and I couldn't, I, I could avoid my friends, but I couldn't avoid going to work. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, as you said, I'm, I came out <laughs> through. Um, not like that. You know, not, not <laughs> there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But um, via email 20 years ago now. Yeah. We tried to find it. But yeah. We yeah. yeah that would have been classic. Stuck in a hotmail address that I had somewhere. But Deep I, in the archives. I, I can remember the email. And yeah. I remember the feeling that I had that was after. And it's that feeling of. Um, I think we spoke about it on, on a different episode where like you kind of, you, f- you feel awful and you feel like a shit friend um, for not uh, supporting and not always being there. But um, I wasn't so much against you doing what you were doing. I just, at the time I was trying to understand like what yeah, you were yeah, going yeah. through. And now I look at it and I'm like, fucking hell, like Mitch must've gone through hell like that. Yeah. It's the time of, um, like the age of that we were at, it's just like uh, you. I get anxious. I used to get anxious about um, like not including myself in things because it'd be like, oh, if I don't do it, then I won't have any friends. Um, whereas, like you were on the opposite. You were like, if I go to this, I'm going to have a panic attack yeah, and I'm yeah. going to freak out. Um, so I remember getting that email and I was like, fucking hell! I just all I can do is just be there for Mitch, whatever he wants. And um, I remember. Some other some other people, they aren't in our friend group anymore. But like yeah, they, we killed them. Yeah, <laughs> who, who is it? Can we name them? No, <laughs> we won't name them. Um, but we can't name them. They're dead. They kind of. I remember one night they got angry about it, and they're angry. And I said, "What are you angry about? Like Mitch is Mitch. Like it's just, it's it's who he is. It's what he's dealing with. I guarantee you, it's harder for him than it is for you to understand what he's going through. Um, but that must have been probably the hardest part is speaking out like that and telling yeah. everyone. Yeah, especially I'm back in the day when no one really knew what it was, so I didn't know what reaction I was going to get. Mm. Um, and, you know, if I could have forecasted who would have responded and how, I would have guessed it completely wrong. Like um, a couple of my best friends still to this date have never spoken to me about it. Mm. You know, probably didn't even really recognise the email, even though it was 20 years ago. We still have never said a sentence about it. Yeah, well. But that's their way of, of them, yeah. themselves coping with it. Sure. Um, they just don't understand it, and that's. I love their ability to not understand it too. I think that's. It's quite a. I'm quite jealous of their ability to not oh, yeah. know what it is because that probably means they haven't had anything like yeah. that in their life. Um, and then other guys that I thought were on, you know, the fringe of the group have just came up to me straight away and and talked about it. So that was quite cool. And it's, you guys made reference to it on you know, podcast one or two of how relieved you were when you started talking about it. Yeah. I had that same sense of the lead up to pressing that send button. Mm. Yeah, and then actually sending it, and just this wave of relief of, who cares what comes this way now? Whether you all laugh at me and tell me to grow up or whatever, it's now out in the open, and now you know why I smoke bombed or um, chose not to come to Byron yeah, Bay and things like that. Obsessed over fish yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so, would you say like that avoidance technique that you used? Did that work for you at the time? Like, yeah, it removes the anxiety. Yeah, but it. It teaches, I mean, by no means anybody listening to this am I an expert or a doctor or even a therapist, but it's it's not a very good practice to it because it kind of says to your unconscious brain that that's, a, that's an acceptable way to do it. And then you just, your world just becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. If you said no to that, you may as well say no to it again or even to something that's less yeah. aggressive or whatever and your world just becomes smaller and smaller. So the coping well, mechanisms. Bad habits yeah, create yeah. bad habits, right? That's yeah. You said no last time, so maybe it's just as scary this time. So why the hell would you choose to go this time? And mm. then it's just, and this is all happening unconsciously. Yeah. You've got no idea that it's happening. So Yeah, you know, the, and you're still a kid. Yes, yeah. You're still trying to figure out life. Yeah, so I think. 
yeah, I mean, uh, back then I was talking to therapists and every now and then I'll still talk to one just to kind of download yeah. daily things. It's not necessarily about anxiety because it's not really part of my life anymore. Yeah. Um, it's more around just world stuff and what's going on with me. Um, but through those conversations, yeah, I learned techniques and that's the stuff that I think helped me through it. Mm. Well, and again, I mean, it's, it's that you have to speak up though. Yeah. You know, you've, you know, I encourage everybody to talk because at the time you think that you're the only person in the world with this. No one can help you because it's all in your mind and blah, blah, blah. But shit, after talking about that and the advice you get, it's like, okay, this is a known thing. There's steps to get around it. And um, I mean, you guys looking at me right now, but there's I'm trying to think of an instance where I get anxious now. And I think through this horrible... Right now. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, talking into a microphone with you two plebs looking at me, yeah. But um, other world events that would concern me prior have just... You know, I think I've coped. I've learnt mechanisms that are even putting me in a better stead than I would prior to even knowing what anxiety was. Yeah. I call out that I, maybe you're going to ask me this. I haven't seen the run sheet. But um, my thing, the reason I didn't, wasn't that interested in coming on here originally is I don't have a story in terms of there's no sad instance, and I'm touching wood that nothing happens in the future, but there's no sad instance in my life that drove this. Mm. You know, there wasn't a big bang, you know, this is going to be mentally scarring you and, and my body's adapting to it. For whatever reason, it came across my way um, and had to deal with it. But, yeah, I can't tell you a sob story about death or anything like that that leads into why I had anxiety as a kid. Yeah, you don't need to. I, I kind of feel like um, the fact that stuff has happened. Like, for me, it was it was an instant thing. Like, it was just a bunch of things happened and that kind of, that kind of caused it. Um, I almost feel like that's easier because I at least have a reason yep. that I can look at and go... Okay, Situational. fair enough. Yeah. Like that happened to me. Um, this was happening around me. My world was crumbling. Of course, like I'm going to have a, a breakdown. But for someone who wasn't having that happen, I feel like that's even harder. Because, yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah, you, you don't have a reason in, in yep. your head. Like the anxiety wheels just keep spinning and you're like, yeah, but I, I have it. <laughs> why do I have it? I don't know 100%. why I have it. Why are you yelling me? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we all three of us have three very different Mm. stories and reasons and yet we all share a lot of the very much similar uh, symptoms and feelings obviously mine goes a little bit deeper than what you guys have had but it's probably also because I didn't really cope with it initially and didn't deal with it and now I'm kind of picking up the pieces of of where I'm at and I think that that'll be a still a battle to get through for sure but it's like encouraging to hear mitch just talk about it the way he does and and mm. so strongly and confidently like he, he took talking to him always gives me self-confidence and belief that things are going to get better because he's he's living proof of that no i think the, the i think the, the hundreds of people that i've probably spoken to since 2002 on this topic um the common theme i think that's helped the most people is them understanding what it is and what it isn't you know, with anxiety and, you know, I don't know too much about depression. I've obviously, I definitely had depressive episodes yeah. through having anxiety. Yeah. Um, but not the clinical depression piece. Um, but it's the, your mind chattering away. It's you thinking what, that you know what it is and it's never going to change and it's yeah. blah, blah, blah. So to learn through therapists, through textbooks, whatever the hell you, however yeah. you learn, that this is what it is and this is what it isn't. Once yeah. you know what it isn't, kind of allowed you know you can put it in this kind of box and say okay you know yeah. I, i'm not going mad or i'm not going yeah. psychotic or scary as yeah much, then right? you go okay so yeah. that means it's in it, it's controllable or it's teachable or it's learnable yeah. and then your your sphere just 
drop significantly and then off you go and learn some coping mechanisms. How long did it take you to kind of get through that time? Um, yeah, probably a bunch of years, like five or six years. Because, yeah, um, cause, yeah you, it's new new experiences and new, new reasons to be anxious or things yeah. like that. So, yeah, you go out to the world and you find out which ones are anxious, anxiety driving or not. Um, and I think, you know, probably in the last... You know, so let's let's cut it into twenty years. I think the yep. first ten were a bit rough. Yeah. In the last ten, I don't believe anxiety rules my life. It definitely yep. did for ten years. Absolutely. Yep. You know, it was always my first point. You know, can I do this because of anxiety? Then the next five in the next ten years, whereas I know I can do it, so I'm going to challenge myself to do it. And then the last, you know, four or five have definitely been. It's in the background. You know, every yep. now and then it will pop up. But I'm like, hang on a second, what's that? And off. what um so getting through that tough period like i know you say it these days like you love talking to people and you're very open about it and you do have a wealth of knowledge at that time how big was your circle that kind of really was helping you at that time were you kind of i know we knew but we probably didn't know everything like how bunkered down with were you and like who was how many people were helping you um family obviously 100 yep. percent. i mean they're just like any other family, they they un, they know that it's there and they've yep. done the homework and stuff, and they think it's horrible and they you know family would take it off you if they could and yep. give it to themselves. Yep. Um, uh, so they were there to listen. They couldn't didn't really know. They didn't have the tools to help in terms of this is what you should do, but yep. they were there to sit and listen. Yeah. Um, which helped huge amounts. Yeah. Um, didn't really talk to any of the boys. Yeah. Um, or any kind of external people outside of the. The friend, the family, and and a therapist for a while. Yeah, there. therapy's good, huh? Oh, mate, it's so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be doing it for the rest of my life. Me too. And again, not necessarily linked to anxiety, but more. Yeah. Just downloading cool things that's happened, or yeah. getting some advice on anything. Or therapeutic. I would st- well, stop it. That's what they call Is it. Is that where that came from? Yeah, I, f- I feel like you should actually. You say that you're not an expert at this, but um, of all people that I've spoken to, you you've had the answers for most of the things and i feel like experiencing something like that actually does make you a fair expert in this sort of yeah region. obviously not um i've got this i mean i don't know if you've ever done you know, corporate strength and stuff but my one of my main ones is core empath- strength or corporate strength corporate no, you've oh, got horrible core, core strength, strength either. Yeah, either um but one of my things is empathy and i think yeah. it's a superpower but it's also a, a massive thing that can be taken advantage of so yeah. every time I talk to somebody that has a particular issue, I bring that home with me. I t- you know, yeah. it's, it's mine now with you. Yeah. Um, which again, as a therapist or a buddy is a great thing to have, but individually it can be very draining. Sure. So when I finish with these things, these conversations, I haven't just switched off when the microphone's off. I'm now thinking, you know, how can I help Nath? How can I help mm-hmm. Ice? Yeah. I think I can definitely relate to that as well. It's like it is after these podcasts it's like this massive adrenaline dump and it is it is like emotionally exhausting and also like having all those conversations i i feel the exact same way i feel like i am taking the burden of some of these people and i don't mean that to say stop reaching out to me because Mm -hmm. i just feel like it's part of my responsibility (laughs) and something that i am definitely getting a positive feeling out of is just kind of checking in with people and saying hey are you okay and now I can just do it with my friends myself and say, hey, shit, I'm not that okay at the moment. I can be be comfortably said that. And at other times I can just bounce in into a room and other times they'll be like, I know something's up. What, <laughs> just tell us what's up. Yeah. And I feel like I've always, you've always been that guy for, for the both of us, mm. Mitch. 
Hundred um, percent. I was going to say when you you just mentioned your corporate sort of uh, mechanisms, your coping mechanisms. Um, I remember a time where you would struggle to leave, like sort of the um, Colorado Plateau area. <laughs> um, and it's a bloody great place, though. Yeah, who yeah, wants to leave it's the, true. the ghetto? Uh, but then down the road, like you're doing solo trips to like Dallas and yeah, that's um, that's the weird Europe thing. Stuff now, just going to Port Macquarie next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get ready, team. It's huge. Hey, fuck! I just finished up in Port Macquarie with the Nitro crew, and it was one of the best weeks we've ever had. So yeah, I'm we're going a, up again in Feb. Um, team Port. Feb, Feb 27th, get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Hey, today's... Uh, right. No, today, just me. I'll get hey, to get hey, you some. Can, can today's episode be brought to you by Nitro Circus Port Macquarie Show? Yeah, sure. Uh, ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. Put in a discount code, skip this, for a 0% discount. What a deal. Port Macquarie yeah, Regional right. Stadium. Just ask me, guys. Feb, I'll get them off I think it's either Feb 27th or March 3rd. I, I didn't, I'd never script this shit. I should. Yeah, you don't. But... Thank you for interrupting because... Always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, basically, like, seeing that change, there's, like, you couldn't leave the suburb to going overseas on your own. Like, did being in the job that you're in um, force you out of that comfort zone yep. and, and make you do those things? Yeah, it's one of those I always knew when it, um, if I, if I wasn't being, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do things and I couldn't progress in my role. Mm. Um, you know, I could have chosen to just shy back down and, and carry on, Um but I love what I'm doing. So that was a really encouraging thing for me to go. You know, if I go to, where was I the other month? Munich, wherever I was. Um, Singapore, you were there for Yeah, so like, yeah, as you said, 20 years ago, I'd, I'd freak out if I was going to Gosford. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it still would. <laughs> I mean, so that Germany experience and Singapore experience yeah. the other week, straight away when it came up, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going. So that was just like this innate training that I've had yeah. for 20 years. Yeah, I remember that. That I just went, boom, I'm not going. I'm like... I caught myself 30 seconds later going, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, just go, mate. And I wasn't, don't get me wrong, I was anxious the day of the flight, probably anxious leading up to it just because of that anxiety chatter mm-hmm. again. But as soon as I sat on the plane, I had, you know, best couple of days of my life. Like, it was just so much fun. That's and cool. then you get home and you're like, where are we going to next? And then coronavirus came. Like yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool for us as well as friends. And, and I think we've been kind of super proud of watching – Barnsley kind of developed that mm-hmm. way and I think that's a that's a good takeaway for everyone it's like when you do open up and you kind of do open your book of all your struggles are then when you when you kind of tick off those own personal milestones the people around you like rally around mm. you even further because they're just they're so happy and it just it takes a lot of burden of pressure off other people around you to kind of you know just worry a little yeah. bit less like five years ago I'd be like Barnsley I don't think you should go to Dallas you know <laughs> that's not going to be good and now it's like Get on that fucking plane to Singapore, mate, because yeah. you're gonna kill it, and we that makes us worry about it just that little yeah. bit less. And it, the, the second piece of that is that exposure therapy thing. That one of the biggest things in anxiety is if you've got you know your certain tool bag together is just do it. Yep. Bit of a Nike thing, just go. Like yes, you might get anxious, you might panic a little bit, but you're so powerful when you get back. Whether that be going into the supermarket or yep. for a walk down the street or to to London or whatever it is. The experience itself, and you know, again, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, well, um, galvanizes. There's, there's right. two things. There's that bit that in, innately you know you've done it, whether it was horrible or not, you've done it, and then you can do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is something in the back of your in your unconscious mind, subconscious mind that reminds it too that you can do it. Yep. And then the more you do it, the less that trigger comes up and says you can't do this, Mitch, or you shouldn't do this. Um, so again, that's why you know through exposure and 
20 years of practice, it mm. doesn't pop up in my little brain anymore. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's, that's a lie. We're going up the coast, you and I, Nathan, a couple of, yep. on next weekend. Yeah. When you first asked me, my little my first train of thought was, cool, I'll see you there, I'll drive. Yeah, yeah you've got the escape plan. 100%. So I've got my car there if I mm. don't want to be there anymore. I think, you know, it's a bit, it's changed from anxiety to just interest at the moment because, you know, I want my car there just in case you guys lose this shit and I want to go home because <laughs> I've had enough beers or whatever it is. <laughs> Are you saying I drink a lot more than you? Uh, depends so, on yeah, yeah. you do. Probably for a weekend, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wrote this down because I wanted to get a straight answer from you, but Ooh. is there a correlation between where you went for work and the fact that there was always a sea life right nearby? Oh, I, I'll track one down for sure. Yeah. Represent sea life. Saying, sea oh, life. If there's one, I'll go to it. <laughs> I remember you told us you went to the one in Dallas about yeah. eight times. Or there's something. the one in, um, <laughs> in Sentosa in Singapore. I've been to the Melbourne one every single time I go down, which is like six times a year. So <laughs> It's funny because like that is... And how, lets oh, me how in. we yeah. fucking friends... <laughs> But, like, it's funny because your comfort uh, back in the day when we were just teenagers was that fish tank at home. Yeah, there's got to be a link. now it's a giant fish tank. Mm. You just... I, that's always your happy place. Aren't they soothing? Just watching fish cruising around. I love it. Like, I'd, I was I was a kid that my mum used to just put me in front of the fish tank. <laughs> so, like, I was never in front of a TV. Yeah, right. Just put me in front of the fish tank and I used to sit there for hours watching it. We need to get off this topic. Shark talk okay. is fun. Getting we're going to delete this. <laughs> this whole thing's going to go. All right, where, where, where were we before that? Uh, anyway, we're just... going back to our normal programming. Brownie, for the first time in eight episodes, has said something that needs to be deleted. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what it was. You will never. It'll never see the light of day. Yeah. I just want to say sorry to those involved. <laughs> uh, Did I cover I'm, that up now? I don't know. I feel like leaving it now. Um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if um, we're going to leave it, I'm telling the whole fucking no, story. No, we're not telling no. the story. Okay. Fine. Okay. Fine. Um, one of my other... Let's just leave leave the listeners hanging like, what the fuck did Brownie, yeah, a lot of what the fuck did Brownie talk about yeah. and wasn't allowed to go to and air? We'll just say that I just hit the dump button and yeah. the last three minutes just disappeared and no one will ever know. What and then instead said. of getting Brownie's mailbag this week about trying to help people with their own problems and relating to them, they'll be like, what the fuck did you do? I'll tell you what, if someone gives us a decent sponsorship, yeah. we'll, we'll tell that sponsor what it is. Okay. Uh, only their sponsor. Only the sponsor. <laughs> um, one of my questions uh, to you, Mitch, was going to be, uh, did sort of your, your avoidance technique have uh, an effect on uh relationships oh 100% like it was so difficult to maintain a relationship because again like any question do you want to go to dinner do you want to go for a walk do you want to do this was always initially met with nah Mm. you know I ended up always doing it but there's just this innate no to me that would have been very draining to be my partner at the time um it's quite a very selfish um disorder to have I guess um because you are just in your head all the time Mm. so there's you know there's certain relationships in the past where definitely um, would have ended differently or would still have carried on if that didn't happen. Um, but it's not an excuse either. I'm an adult. Yeah. And, you know, you need to make those decisions. And, um, yeah, it definitely affected past relationships. I just feel like just to relate back to that, like if someone asked me, say, in like eight days, do you want to go and do this, go to the movies, go on a date or whatever, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, so keen. And then it gets to the day before, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> not everything. And then it's like day of and you're like, for some, like, just mentally got in your head, just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. So I still do that now. I relate yeah, to Yeah, mine yeah. was probably more around the, like, the, I probably seemed um, 
less loving and less caring or something maybe because I was so stuck in my own head. Mm, yeah. Um, they they want to help. They care. Um, you, some, you put roadblocks up. And I think, you know, again, through therapists and all that, they did. They have said whether there is can potentially correlations between, you know, severe anxiety and, and love, you know, because, again, you're just stuck in your head and you just, mm. this thing plays over and over. You've got no time for love. It doesn't really click in. It's funny. You've kind it was of really weird thinking about that. Full circle now, and I, would, I think all of our our friends and our extended group of people would say that you are now probably the most caring of our friends that and sympathetic and and the biggest heart out of all of our oh, friends 100%. now. And you've made it this far, and you've got an amazing partner. As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. shout out to KB. Yeah, Woo. Um, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, like, I'm I'm glad you got here, and like the journey whatever it is, every journey, like you go through different people. But the fact that you've now ended up with Catherine, like it makes, to me, like it almost makes all that other stuff worth it because otherwise... Well, yeah, you learn, absolutely you learn through everything. Yeah. 100%. Um, now, you've, I said earlier that you've helped us from behind the scenes. Um, from day one, you've been the supporter of this show. Um, but you've also, you've sort of given us the knowledge. Like the first thing you said to me, uh, after that first show was that about the fact that you didn't have a story um you're always you, you made a point of um we kind of started this thing as a men's mental health thing uh, and we started talking about how women so easily talk about this stuff and then after after that episode you came up to us and you're like just remember like there are women out there who who actually struggle with this sort of thing as well um and i'm just amazed at um Sort of your, the 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 sight that you have with this whole mental health side of thing, uh, it's bigger than just what's going on in my head. Whereas, like now, you're you're looking at everyone and you're going, "What's in, what's going on in this side of their head? Like, how can I help them?" And I think you said that earlier. Yeah, it's that bloody stupid empathy thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's one of your biggest qualities um, to date is the fact that you've gotten through all this and you've you've now got the empathy to help others and to um to make them see why they're feeling this way even though you didn't go as you say didn't go through you didn't have like a big thing happen um and i think it's just amazing that we've ended up at this full circle uh, of now you're looking after all of us at like we're <laughs> mature yeah. age and we're the ones struggling that's a fucked up position yeah. for you to be in mitch um, be so sorry <laughs> no no i think and then, yeah so a couple of months in that um i think i am the odd the odd guy i will talk to anybody about my emotions i'll talk mm. to a freaking brick wall um so but that i think is a has hit the reason why i have been able to get through it is as soon as there's something wrong with me or historically it was in my mind i would tell it to anybody that was interested in listening and i think you know the science will show you that by talking is the best way to get through it um and that's kind of why i think I, I don't really understand the, the male factor thing that men won't speak up. I get, mm. I completely respect that it's there. I just don't have that. So then I think they, if I don't have that and I'm the male, then there must be the reverse. There must be the females that everyone assumes are going to talk about it that isn't going yeah. to, and that's kind of why I made that point. Yeah, um, and that point turned out to be very bloody true as as kind of the podcast unraveled in the few episodes after yeah. that. That there was a lot of girls yeah, okay. that were really yeah, struggling. We got heaps and of messages from people and from from girls that I'm like quite close with, and I was like, you kind of look at them and go, oh, they're just strength like yeah all perfect, strength yeah like kids and everything and you just and 
they just were just coming to me and saying, oh, look, I'm, I struggle with this kind of thing too. And I'm like, and it just like, it just blew my mind. Like I was like, I've, I was always so, um, I guess, so one track minded with the whole thing. And it was just men don't speak up and they don't do this, but like, there's just, everyone's going through it. Like, it's just, it's just yeah. different how it affects different people. And it also doesn't mean you're, you're destined to have something. So, you know, people are going to have situational depression, they're going to have situational anxiety because if something's happening there, it doesn't mean you're now going to have it for the rest of your life. And the quicker you talk up about it, the quicker you get these coping mechanisms, the more confident you can be to say that. And that was a day, a week, a month, a year of my life where I had something and now I'm, it's not clinical, it's not chemical, it was situational. You sung, You almost kind of accidentally sung this theme song from friends then like a day a week a month or even a year I'll be it's been on the tv a fair bit oh yeah you, you got that on <laughs> high rotation into seinfeld see nerd that <laughs> scrubs <Fuck off. laughs> i haven't seen scrubs for a while <laughs> um yeah so the, the, the kind of the major thing of why i think i wanted to be in this you know i kept saying no nah, i'm not doing it yeah let's do it is that importance of that you don't have to have gone through something drastic mm. or you may not be able to pinpoint what that drastic thing was that caused any particular issue, again, situational or chemical. Because um, I used to listen to this kind of stuff in the early days and you know, 20 years ago and think, that's not me. I can't relate to that. I haven't had that hectic thing that's happened to me. So then you switch off from listening or it just doesn't hit home. So yeah, you know, it I wanted to make sure that... It doesn't quite resonate, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't mean you're going to get it if you haven't... So don't sit there now thinking, oh, shit... I might get anxiety one day, mm. you know, but it's, you know, I just wanted to make sure that people um, don't have to have had a horror story for, for for you to have this and get through it as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in your case, I think like it's not what you went through to end up where you were, but what you've been through to end up where you are now is what makes me so proud to just like any chat with you is just, is just the best. And I'm so yeah. So proud of you, and I think Nathan feels the same. Yeah, boys. Again, I thought this was going to be a piss-taking episode. So, <laughs> now, well, there was well, a little bit in there. Yeah, <laughs> you, are, you are wearing Unity Build Co. Uh, mate, I'm a trade building shirt. You've come. You've never picked up a hammer in your uh-uh. life, mate. Neither have I. But he does have the delts. Why get a He does have the Unity delts. Build he doesn't Co. pick up hammers. He picks up fucking five-ton <laughs> cinder blocks <laughs> <laughs> with one hand. Yeah. All right. Well, um, oh, no, no, it's yeah. been so good to talk to you, Mitch. You're happy your to be here, boys. Just incredible. Um, and we hope that you can continue on this ride with us and be our. I'll be here. Number one producer, laughing from the corner. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, just kind of reiterate what Goldie yeah. said. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, you've been not just a pillar of support for this podcast, but just a, a pillar of support. Period through our tough times and. You're always there for a beer or a chat, and I kind of value our friendship very highly. And I, I know I'm not the only one to say that, or, or think that. I might be the only one to say it, but <laughs> not the only one to think that. So thank you, Mitchie. Mm. Absolutely, boys. Always. Um, I'll just quickly. There's one more thing I want to do, but before we do that, um, don't forget to hit us up at Skip This Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. Feel free to connect with us. And if you'd like to come on and have a yarn with us, then that'd be even better. Um, if you've just found out about a little podcast, um, make sure you go back to episode one because otherwise you won't know what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about. Um, and then anyone, if you want to share it with your friends and family, like that'd be awesome too. Um, I want to end the show on this statement that Mitch actually sent us before the show. He was going to read it, but I, he was like, oh, I might not remember it. So I'm just like, look, I'll just read it um, because I think it's, it's the best ways of, of, I've heard this kind of thing explained. Um, so here it is.
My therapist once asked me if there was a magic wand that I could turn back time and erase the fact that you ever had anxiety. Would you wave it? I thought I'd say yes instantly, but I didn't. The final answer was yes, of course, but the amount I've learned from the human mind and how relationships with people around me have changed because of it made me have to think about it harder on the answer. The amount of people that now reach out to me because of they know my past issues is huge, and I like to think I've been able to help these people in some way, if at least to listen to them, and at most to show that you can live a complete life without anxiety stopping you. Anxiety is in my life, but I can now recognise it for what it is, and I can let it go. Mitchell, guy, <laughs> Yeah, well, um, cool. Yeah, that statement, just, it just sums everything up for me. And yeah. again, thanks for coming on the show. Mate, happy to be legend. here, boys. Thanks, Mitchie. Um, we'll be back again. We've got a couple of good shows lined up for you. Um, yeah, I've been doing research. You have. You did a couple of meetings. Scout, scouting, scouting, we call that in the entertainment world. I scouted a couple of talent. talents. Yeah, so. I've got two um, talents. So they're lined up for next week. The chickens week, so. have massive talents. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Donald. What's that? Um, Dynamite. The chickens right. have massive oh, I it downs. Was, I it was <laughs> oh, no, Trump. it's not Donald Trump. It sounded like Donald Trump. Oh, he fell over. He deserved it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. on that note, yeah. um, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, we will. All right. See you later. Thanks very much. Bye. Much. Bye. Bye.